Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another loaded episode of the Brittany Smith Podcast. I am your host, Brittany N. Smith, and today I have my new friend, Samantha King. And this is actually part two to last week's episode where we really introduced and started the conversation around online courses and building out those courses. And so today we're going to talk about the marketing side of that process, because as Samantha, we were just talking before this, um, that people want to, you know, get you to the point where the course is built and it's done, but then they drop you off by the wayside and they don't really tell you how to market it. I want to let you in on a little secret. It's not going to sell itself until you position it to do so. All right. So Samantha, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us who you are, what you do, and why you are qualified to teach us about marketing our online courses. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Samantha King. I'm super excited to talk about online courses. And as Brittany said, you know, one of the reasons I do this is because my pet peeve is, you know, we're out here learning how to create the course. Everybody wants us to pay them to teach us how to create the course, but nobody's talking about selling it. And unfortunately, that means when you go to sell it, you may have crickets, right? There may be crickets and that's not what we want. You guys are awesome. You're creating, putting your heart and soul into these courses. Let's help you sell it. I am a former teacher turned online course creator. So learn, making learning experiences. Yeah, I did all that when I was in the classroom. And it's really funny because I've kind of had a bunch of different experiences and they have included everything from you know, sales and marketing, like telesales to positioning, customer service management, like I've done all kinds of things. And so I'm a little bit, I like to say of a unicorn in that I have the teaching experience and I have the sales and marketing experience. And right. I bring it together to teach course creators how to sell courses with more leads generated by borrowing other people's audiences. So that really is kind of what I do. And I do that through our Authority Island membership program. Ooh, that sounds pretty interesting. So I'm sure we're going to hear more about that a little bit later. Um, so ladies, as you are um, pulling out your Brittany Smith podcast notebooks, because I know you have it in front of you. Um, one of the things that I want to highlight that Samantha really just illustrated for us is that she too has had a journey that was made up of a bunch of different things um, that in not really any kind of order led her to where she is today. Um, so I, I, that's a recurring theme. Samantha, that the last couple of people that I've interviewed for the show, um, their story started way over here and then landed them somewhere completely unrelated to where they started. So that's pretty cool that there are lots of different pieces to the puzzle um, that led you to this space. So thank you for sharing that. <clears throat> So ladies, um, one of the things that I want you to remember, um, if you listen to last week's episode, matter of fact, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I want you to pause this one and go listen to last week so that all of this that we talk about today makes sense in context. So last week, we kind of mapped out our low-hanging fruit. We mapped out like this small, smaller mini course. Um, and where we kind of ended the episode actually is um, coming up with a launch strategy. Like, what does that look like? What are some of the things, Samantha, that that we need to consider when putting together a launch strategy or release strategy for our online course. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest thing that I, I get see get missed is that course creators get really um, they get really super focused on the launch, the sales page, the templates, the strategy, like all that kind of the funnels. Like this is the stuff because that's what they're teaching us out there. But let's talk a little bit about you know how the piece that gets missed is, you know, how are we going to get people to actually look at that? Right. And this is the traffic 
thing. And yes, somebody might tell you it's about keywords and SEO and like all of those things. And, and that's great, but I'm, that's not, that's not my forte. What I like to work with my course creators on is getting traffic by collaborating. And that's what I really loved about, you know, when I, when we talked about your podcast and even the past episodes I was listening to, you know, you really are out there talking to your community and, and getting them to, to see the possibility when we work together. And so for me, I really say to them, Hey, you know, part of your launch strategy needs to be how you're going to generate traffic. And really it's kind of like, I watch a lot of TV movies. Like I actually think in like television and movie terms, but I want you to think about it. Like a new movie comes out and they don't just put it up, put it out in the theaters and hope people will go and see it. Right. The actors are doing press tours. There's, there's uh, advertisements, there's all kinds, there's all this work to generate buzz. And I want you to do the same thing with your course. I want you to really think about you know, how can I generate buzz? And as a brand strategist, I mean, of course, one of the things I like to tell people is if you're only generating buzz, if you're only generating buzz during the launch, you're not going to have a lot of people there that are ready to hand over their credit card. You've got to be generating that buzz year right. round. And as a brand strategist, I'm sure you say this all the time, right? Like, what are you doing to get your brand out there? Right, right. Right. Brand awareness is everything. Um, and you're absolutely right. You know, you have to prep the audience before just throwing something in their face. And like you said, if you think about yourself as a shopper, um, I'm not going to buy a brand new product that I've never heard of without having information one and two, if it's something of a greater investment, I'm certainly not just going to drop it, you know, right in, you know, right there on the spot. If I haven't heard anything about it, I haven't heard any specs, I haven't heard any reviews or anything like that. So in, in order for you you to build that rapport with your clients before they purchase, you got to, you know, slide into the DMs or, you know, be posting and sharing and talking ahead of time. And if I can be honest, Samantha, I'm the chiefest of sinners with this because, um, you know, many of us are entrepreneurs, those of us who are listening. And so we're, we're really locked into doing the work of our business. So, you know, you mean I have to work my business and go live a couple times a week to talk about this thing. I have to work my business and create graphics and and, you know, schedule those graphics to be, you know, to be posted. Like that's a lot. That's a lot. So how do you manage all of those moving pieces while being an entrepreneur and still having to work your business? Yeah, there's a couple of things I work with my clients on. And I like to say, when I talk about borrowing other people's audiences, it's because I don't want you to feel like you have to be everywhere doing everything, right? So I always say you, there is no reason why you can't get out in front of people through other people's platforms, right? So you don't necessarily need to be the podcaster if you're going to just guest on podcasts. And a really interesting uh, fact that the last time I was giving my Authority Island workshop, I gave out was, you know, more people right now, I think it was in the US, I'm up in Canada, but usually the stats are from the US, are, have, are listening to podcasts than have Netflix subscriptions. Just think about that for a second. And of those people, 80% of them listen to the end of the episode. Wow. Right. So you, if you're not the podcaster, you can be on other people's podcasts. You can go live with other people on Instagram. If you're not the Instagram person, my, what I call authority Island is over on my YouTube channel. And I've got great videos on there. It's all free training, just like a podcast, but it's in video format over on YouTube. And really what I want you to think about is, and this is how this works is really getting clear on who is serving the same client as you, but not doing what you do. Absolutely. Because 
as you just said, we're doing all the things. Like I'm not just running my, like I'm not just, you know, showing up and working with my clients or run or, you know, running my membership program. I'm doing all the things. Right. And I don't, I don't necessarily have time to be on other people's platforms that don't, aren't serving the audience as me. That's not going to get me anywhere in terms of bringing new people into my audience. So I want to be clear on who is serving the same client as me, but not doing what I do so that I know that if I'm going on somebody's podcast or like, I'm not on Facebook, if I'm giving, um, if I'm giving a, a lunch and learn in somebody's booming Facebook group, or I'm going on Instagram with somebody, or even doing a Twitter chat with somebody on Twitter, that these, they have my audience in there, right? It's all about being, it's simplifying, but also being intentional or strategic even, right? if you're comfortable with that word. So that's really where it starts is figuring out that piece. And I've, that way I don't have to be everywhere. Right. Right. I can rain, I can rain stuff back in so that when I do have to create the graphics, the et cetera, and all that, I can start simple with an authority island. And that's where you're bringing like your new, this, these new audience people that you're meeting, you're bringing them back to your home on the internet, your authority island, but I can pick one place. And then as I'm ready, as I maybe have more team members, I can add in other stuff. And really what I always tell people is you can add in other platforms, but don't create con different content for every platform. Cause you probably see that all the time where somebody's like, you know, I, I create everything on YouTube, but then when I'm over here on Twitter, now we're talking about something and they're basically creating like six different content plans or branding right. plans for six different platforms. And right. that's not the way to do it. Absolutely. So what I hear you saying, Samantha, is that we need to work smarter and not harder. Um, and ladies, you've heard me speak about this before um, when we talk about the power of collaboration. So let's let's kind of flush out a couple of different of different examples of what that could look like. So let's say you are a makeup artist, right? Um, and you obviously you serve, well, not obviously, but Primarily, you would serve women, right, who want to have their makeup done. Maybe you serve women in business who um, want to have their makeup done. If I were you, I would partner with a hairstylist or I would partner with an image, um, a brand image person um, or even a photographer who serves that same audience because that audience needs makeup. But, you know, what I'm saying and, and they offer something opposite of what you offer, but it's a package deal. So that way your people can, can tune in, right, and get value. And then their people can tune in and get value as well. Um, same thing for many of you out there who are doing personal training. A lot of you are in the health field. If you're a personal trainer, hook up with a nutritionist, right? Because you can't out-train a bad diet, right? And so you are connecting with people who are working together and their skills complement yours. Um, so I'm very glad that you said that because that is something that I teach as well in my groups, um, you know? And, and honestly, like you said, you get to do less work kind of, um, but still getting more exposure in doing that at the same time. And then I also agree with the idea that you don't have to create Instagram content and then Facebook content and then YouTube content and then Twitter content. I am a cheerleader for repurposing things. I will repurpose the mess out of something. That's why you guys are able to watch this, this podcast as well as listen to it. There's going to be some snippets that are going to go up on Instagram that are going to point you back to listening to the full episode. And then from there, it's going to point you back to what she's, what she's calling our authority Island, which is the female coaches, consultants, and content creators group on Facebook. Like it, it all flows together 
together so that you can post in one place and even, you know, getting a virtual assistant. Um, shout out to Kay, my virtual assistant, because she takes the podcast and she chops it into little pieces and she pulls quotes and then turns those quotes into images. And she posts to my Facebook group when we have a new episode live. Um, so, you know, having even just that in place for me has been a game changer. Um, so as we are talking about putting together the content for your online course and then figuring out a marketing strategy, um, Samantha, so now you can tell us um, where do we start? Like what, what are, or rather, what are the key pieces to the marketing strategy that we need? Like, is it, is there a, here's the announcement of the course, the first day, you know, this is available. Do we do a pre-order? Like what are some of the key pieces that we can include in our marketing strategy? Yeah, I think that, you know, and I want to talk about the the pre-sale in a second, because I actually, I actually share that uh, with my course creators who are struggling, they struggle to like create the whole course at once. But let's talk about that. I think really the first piece is figuring out your, basically your press tour. What's your blitz, right? Where are you going to be? Who are you going to, who are you going to talk in front of? And then the biggest key is once you've figured that out, right? These are like we were just saying, you know, um, you, you, when you were talking about the beauty expert or the the makeup artist and, and the nutritionist and like figure out how you're going to do all that. Like who is it going to be? And then how are you going to do it? Right. And very, key if they you know you want to make sure that you're hitting all the platforms but it doesn't have to be you doing the work right so I just and I'm going to say this right now Facebook is not my authority island and I just deleted my Facebook page and my Facebook group because I wasn't using it which means I'm not getting the benefits of it. And then it was always this reminder that, you know, I'm not using Facebook the way I should be. And it was, it was starting to like get in my head. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to delete that stuff. Now that means in my press tour, I need to make sure that I'm talking to people on Facebook because my audience is still on Facebook. So I need to make sure that the people I'm part of my press tour are people that I can collaborate with on the, go live with them on their Facebook page, maybe do a lunch and learn in their booming Facebook group, right? So we want to make sure that if you're not on a platform, you're still in there. So figuring out your press tour is the first thing. And then being clear, and this is one thing I always say, like when they meet you on this podcast or on this in this Facebook live, what do you want the audience to do next, right? So give them like, and I always say, do the Oprah thing, right? Give them something. Hey, you want to know how to do this? You know, come over here, get my free download. You get it. Like you get a free download. You get a free download. You get right. a free download, right? Because you want to make sure that you're bringing them back to your audience. And I always say, you know, you should be doing this year round. A lot of course creators who I'm seeing successfully sell their courses, or even if it's an online program that they run in cohorts, that they're they're successful because they are constantly bringing people into their audience so that they have time to nurture them before the launch right so really you want to give them a reason to come back to your audience and that so as part of your strategy you got to be thinking about it is it a workshop that you're about to run is it and is it maybe maybe you're about to do a free challenge that leads into the course right and it, and if you're doing something like that the workshop or the free challenge make sure that the content of those things, prepare them for the course, right? So you want to make sure you're going to look at your course outline and you're going to go, okay, what are some interesting things? And you can use this in your marketing as well. What are some really interesting things, sexy things that people are talking about right now from my course that I could, from my course outline that I could create and turn into lead magnets, turn into a challenge, turn into a work to turn into a workshop, right? You know, these things are a webinar, these things that people are interested in. 
right? And so from there, what you're going to look at now, of course, once you do that, you're pulling it out of the course. You're not teaching them the same things you teach in the course. You're teaching them what they need to know before they take the course. And a lot of that with your marketing is poking that bear, getting them to realize that this is an issue they have. So once you're out there, you're doing your press tour, you're going to have some kind of workshop, challenge, webinar, whatever that you're inviting them to, right? Give them a reason to come back to your platform. And then you're going to nurture them in with your own authority building content, right? You're going to get them back to your authority island. So you said that was your Facebook group. So you're going to get them back to your Facebook group and maybe you're going live. You're doing a live series for six weeks before the course launches. You're going live in there, teaching them uh, every week, a lunch and learn. And then, you know, maybe you have some past students. If you have past students or past clients, they're coming on to these lives as well to talk about their experience with you, right? You're really just jiving people up, getting them excited about working with you, but you're doing it based on the course content. Right. Right. And so basically, um, another thing that I hear you saying is that you have your course content here, but every module, every worksheet, every idea, every thought can really be its own piece of content that you use in the marketing process. Um, And I like what you said about, you know, if I pull out module three, let's say the topic of module three to do a workshop on it, (coughs) excuse me, I might be giving them the what but I'm not giving them the how in the free workshop. When they get into the course, I'll refresh the what, but then give them the how in the actual course. And so that's how you kind of promote it without giving away the farm. Um, You kind of just give them a little move here. (laughs) And then when they get inside the course, they get to get the full shebang. Um, And again, y'all, this is really highlighting the fact that you don't have to have a ton of content. You can have one signature thing that you're talking about, how to fill in the blank, whatever your how-to is, and then all the things related to that one idea. You know what I'm saying? And then once you master that, once you get that going, and like Samantha said, whether it's in cohorts or whether you're just launching it multiple times a year or whether it's an evergreen, something that's just available, um, you get to get that up and running. And then you can do, do the same thing with another thought. Right. Like you, so you can start that whole process, but now you have a model of how to organize your courses, organize the content, organize the launch strategy, set it, forget it, and then repeat. Right. And so this is how people are making multiple six figures, seven figures in their coaching businesses, in their um, in their service businesses. They're creating these kinds of funnels that once it's done and I have the system and I have the model. It runs itself, you know, and that's how you grow that thing. You might do the first round yourself because you don't you don't have a staff. Then the next time around, you have a VA who can manage the process. And then the next time around, now you have course navigators who can, um, you know, concierge to kind of work with the people one on one if they need um, outside support. Like you grow it to this massive level where it's running itself. There's people working it for you. And you're over here, you know, sipping whatever on the beach because that thing is already making money. The actual authority island, right? Exactly. Exactly. That sounds real good right about now too. Um, So yes, I love that, that you're kind of making it tangible for us and making it reachable. Because if I'm honest, as a female entrepreneur, wearing all the hats with mom, wife, everything, and in between, um, this course creation piece really feels like a bear. 
Um, it feels like a massive lift. I am in it now. I'm like, oh, we have to, you know, promote the free thing. And oh yeah, I got to show up in the group about this thing, but I also have 20 other things that I'm trying to promote. So it's just like, okay, reel it in, figure out where your authority island is and make sure that all the things that you're pointing, um, that you're doing outside of there is pointing people back to there. So you're really only having that major conversation right there. Um, that's, that's definitely a concept that's like, okay, all right, we're getting, we're getting somewhere. (laughs) One of the things I like to say too, to course creators is when you're creating your course, like make sure a good course generates leads for your other offers, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that the course fits into your suite of offers, your value ladder, as I call it, like a glove, because if you feel like you're, this is another thing when you're overwhelmed it's because your, your audience might be getting whiplash. That might be a reason you're get you're getting crickets when you go to launch. Um, you may be over and you're feeling overwhelmed because you're trying to promote all these things, right? Try to figure out like where the course really should fit into the customer journey at a spot where it, it really, it, it fits in into a spot in the customer journey, like a glove with the rest of your suite of offerings, because you want it to be generating leads for that one-on-one work, right? Because if, especially if you're doing a self-directed course, like there are some things that can be taught without you standing there holding your customer's hand, which is fantastic, right? Those are the things that go into like a self-directed course. After that, you, you probably, I like to say, you know, you probably have something that's maybe 50% self-directed, 50% personalized, which is, you know, your, your memberships, your group coaching, but eventually your customer is going, you want to be leading your customer to a point where there's at some point nothing left to do but hire you for one-on-one work. And I know you have consultants in in your audience, right? Right. Because they are going to need that personalization at some point to complete the transformation that you're giving them. So a good course generates leads for those other things. And you may be thinking, well, I don't have the course yet. So I want to talk about pre-selling for a second. Mm -hmm because I promised I would come back to that. Um, Really, you know, once you have your course outline, you should be out there marketing this thing, whether it's done or not, right? Do not wait for the course to be done. Get out there and market it. And you can actually- Wait, wait, but that's scary. I know. Those of us who are perfectionists, for those of us who, you know, mom life is unpredictable. I hear what you're saying, but like, what if I put it out there? And I'm like, something happens, like talk to talk. Cause that's the thought that c- came to mind as you're like midstream, like, I, can you, can you dismantle the fear around launching it and promoting it before it's built? Yeah. So this can be absolutely terrifying. I mean, I built my business. My kids just went back into the traditional classroom this year. I was homeschooling my daughter. My son was, you know, like a toddler. So yeah, like there were times where I was like, oh my goodness, you know, what am I going to do? And I absolutely get that. And let me tell you, I sold my first course and it wasn't done. So every week I was like, okay, I've got to create a new, um, I've got to create a new, a new module. Now, if you're like, nope, that's too terrifying for me, then really let's think about it this way. And because for me, that really works because I needed the accountability of people who have paid me for this right? So I'm going to do it. But for other people, you might be like, no, I can't possibly do that. I can't possibly take somebody's money and not know 1001% that I'm going to be able to deliver this. Then what I want you to do is just get out there and just start talking about it and putting people on a wait list, right? It's a wait list. The course is coming soon. 
right? You don't have to necessarily say when it's coming. The course is coming soon. Get them on a wait list. Still get out there and talk about it. You don't have to go into full promotion mode. You don't have to go into full launch mode. I just want you out there talking <laughs> about it. Because if that's you, if you're like, no, I'm not pre-selling because I don't know if I, 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 just, I just don't know, then that's okay. It's okay. You got to do what works for you. I think this is one of the things we miss a lot of is that we see people on social media and they're like, I did this and it, and I'm making this much money or I'm doing that. And I'm, and you know, there's this implication of success. And I always say success is yours to define. You're the business owner. You decide if you're like, Samantha, this piece of what you said sounded great, but that piece didn't then take the piece that sounded great, make it work for you and leave the rest. It's your, it's, it's your business. It's your life. What do you want? Like I was just listening to your dream series and you were talking about uh, your, your episodes where you talked about dreams and really like thinking about what it is that you want. And you said like a lot of young people don't think about that. And I was one of those people. I didn't think about what I wanted, right. but now, but now as I, as I've started my business, I've really started to say, you know what, like that works for me. That doesn't, this works, this works. This is what my version of success is. And it's terrifying because of course I'm not going, I, in some places I'm not going against like the, what's being shown to us on social media, but in others, in, in, in other, ter like in other thoughts, I have to say to myself, well, I don't care Then I just won't go on Instagram anymore. Like I, I, I have to do what works for me because this over here is just driving me crazy or making me feel bad about myself. And, and it's, it's getting in the way of any, any progress in my business. Right. So I think it's really about, it's about figuring out what works for you. And when I say pre-sell or when I say you've got the course outline, you should be out there marketing it. You don't have to go into full launch mode. You don't even have to pre-sell. Pre-selling is great if you want proof of concept because you can create, you put up a landing page, you direct people to the landing page, you do like a welcome video on the first module and then you you, you drip the rest, right? So you tell them it's going to, a new module will come every week and that gives you time to create it if people buy it. It's a great thing to do. It gives you proof of concept once you have money uh, from people, then you're like, oh, people want this course. But if it's going to give you anxiety, <laughs> then then do the wait list, get people on a wait list, get out there, get talking about it. So you have time to nurture people as you finish it. Thank you for that alternative. I just know like some of us, so for me, it depends on how I'm feeling and what season of life I'm in. Um, there was a time where it was like, you know what? I did have actually have a course where I had the outline, but I didn't have it like written, written. Um, but because I was teaching what I knew, I didn't really need it to be written, written. I need, The outline was really more so for me to be able to tell them what was coming next, honestly. And so I literally did do each workshop week by week, as opposed to having them all set and ready to go. One, two, that worked for me also because I like to do live versus pre-recorded. Like, um, you know, so like, yeah, if I want, for the people that are just getting to know me, maybe I want some of my entry level courses to be pre-recorded because that stuff is going to be on a more basic level. But when I'm really pouring, I prefer to be live so I can hear you and feel you and answer your specific questions. So that was another reason why the week to week, um, not fully creating it, but kind of doing it live worked better for me because it kept me on my own toes, if you, if you will. Um, so that was good. But in this season of life, because at that time, I think, did I have a baby yet I may have had I may have had a um Sophia was smaller she's five now but she may have been like one or two at that point now I have a five-year-old and a seven-month-old 
So I need to be able to pre-record some things just in case the baby decides to poop when I'm supposed to go live, you know, <laughs> for the course. Um, so I definitely love that there are two different options that you can really flex depending upon where you are in life, what works for you, your personality type. Um, but I'm also that A-type personality person that works well under pressure. And so that level of accountability to myself definitely works for me when it's like, okay, listen, people are going to show up at 11. What you going to do? You know? <laughs> so um, so I'm glad that you gave us both of those, those different options. Um, so as we are talking about um, the platform, you mentioned dripping content. What is your favorite um, platform to use for course creation? Or do you use multiple ones depending upon what kind of course it is? I really enjoy Thinkific. Okay. So I'm, I'm Canadian and I'm up here in the Canadian uh, winter right now. It's freezing cold. Um, and I, and I think if it is Canadian, so they understand, you know, they understand the Canadian business. Anytime I send an email, that's like Canadian business owner issue type thing. They know yeah. how to answer it, but I really like think if it, because they are always trying to up their game. So when I talk to course creators, I tell them, you know, you don't want to select a platform based on you know, you had a coupon for it. You Googled it. It was the top results. Somebody told you it was really great, um, you know, or you played around with it for five minutes and it, se- it had a lot of features. It seemed good. Those are going to come into it, but don't let those be your deciding factors. You want to make sure that the platform really suits your current needs and it gives you room to grow. So when you're looking at these platforms, you want to make sure that they have plans that you can grow into that are going to do what you want for the next three to five years for your business. You want to take a look at the merchant fees and the hosting fees, right? Because everybody's going to charge you to host on their platform, but there's also the Stripe and PayPal fees, right? And some places are going to take care of you better than others. And the main reason that I really enjoy Thinkific is ease of integration, right? I need to know that everything else that I'm using is going to be able to talk to my platform. Otherwise, I'm, if I have to pay Zapier 25 bucks a month to do it, then really what's the point, right? So I'm looking for something that will talk to, you know, as many of my other tools as possible. Or if you're looking at something like Kajabi that will replace a bunch of those things, right? So that's really how I make my decisions. I love Thinkific because it, and most of them allow you to drip content, which just means that you can set a schedule for release of content. So right. for example, let's say the baby has a great week and you actually get to record two modules. Then you can put both modules, right? You can put both modules in your in, in your Thinkific portal and just schedule them to release over the next two weeks, right? Right. So I really love that. I also love that it integrates, but you really wanna be clear too, because some of your clients, if they're, they may be thinking about Teachable didn't really work for me because there was some issues with the hosting fees. Things were getting converted from Canadian to US and back to Canadian. And for your Canadian coaches in the audience, they know our dollars never doing that good. So I was losing <laughs> some, some extra unnecessary cash on that conversion. But sure. because you, you have coaches and consultants, for those of you in the US, Teachable has really, last year they introduced, um, you could sell courses, but then they were also introducing packages like coaching packages that you could add on. Like they're really going after that coach, the people who have a course that they bundle with maybe some hours of coaching, right? So it's also, it's the three things I mentioned, but it's also looking at who they're targeting and who they want on their platform, because that means they're going to take even better care of you. And they're always going to be trying to do better for you because you're one of the people that they're going after. Awesome. 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 Um, so 
when you are, so you've selected your platform, your content is ready to go. You've decided, you know, whether you're going to drip content and create as you go or, or not. Um, what are some of the, um, components like from a marketing standpoint uh we'll kind of want to bring it back to this like there's the landing page um like for, let's talk about the customer experience rather like yeah, as yeah. you're you know from the marketing standpoint like what are some of those pieces that we want to make sure are like airtight um you know as we are people are interested in our course i think the biggest thing you know yes the landing page needs to be great the sales page needs to be great and for all intensive purposes, wherever possible, even if you're hosting over here on Thinkific, there are ways to re to still use Thinkific's checkout box. And, and, and even with their affiliate program that they've got, there are ways to do it and still direct to your website because you do want that landing page on your website, because what if they stumble on something else and they're like, oh, the course is great, but you know what? I really actually want her mastermind, which right. is, you know, a thousand dollars instead of a $20 course. Right? right. And it brings SEO back to your website. So you, you want to design that landing page there and you want to make sure that if they're buying the course, getting on the wait list, whatever it is, you've got this sequence, an email sequence that isn't generic, but does what you want it to do. So if they're on the wait list, the sequence needs to hype them up for when the doors open to the course. Mm. If they've bought the course and maybe they're getting, you know, maybe they get instant access, then you want to be there supporting the, the email sequence needs to be, you know, a couple emails that gets them excited to get in there, gets them actually into where the course is, and right. then supports them through the journey. Because online course creation right now from the stats they have, the course completion rate is only 3% on average. Ooh. You want to be in the 97%, those people like, let's get, yeah, we want to get that number up as an industry, but I just want you to be in the 97% where people are finishing your course because you have more to offer them. You have other products and services afterwards, and you're not in it for the money. You're in it to make your impact. You're in it to help your customers. So you care if they finish the course, right. so your email sequence really needs to be getting them in there, getting them excited and then supporting them. And you can think about that too in how you package your course, right? And that's something we haven't really talked about. You know, how do you package your course? Is it just the course? Is it the course and a community? Is it, you know, what does, what does it look like? What are they getting? How are you, I always say, how are you supporting them with accountability and implementation? Yeah. And you want to think about that and how you package your course. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, because that's, going to be the key. That's what's going to make the difference. That's what's going to allow you to have the impact on their lives that you want to have. Right. And, and so, you know, I love that, you know, and I'm sure that when people come to work with you, you take them through this entire process, um, you know, in terms of what they want it to look like, how, how can they show up um, in this, in this particular course and all those different pieces. So I love that. Um, so this is just like a, you know, a personal preference question when it comes to sales pages, really, really long sales pages with all the information. Or like a boom, 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 sign up for the course. You'll get more information inside. Like what, what do you feel is like, is there a, a medium? Because I've seen both. I've seen um, sales pages where it's like, I'm still scrolling. And this is just, you know, you got testimonials. The dog liked it. The husband liked it. This is what I ate while I took the course. And it was just like, oh my gosh. So what, what makes up a good sales page for, for our courses? 
I think the key is there's a couple of things people always want to know. And this is just our, we're this, this day of like instant gratification. So people want to know, like, just tell me what works and I'll do that. But the reality is you have to test stuff out. So if you're creating a sales page, do an AB test, have one that's really long and have one that's really short and see what happens. Right. Talk to your audience. Because for me, if I get, it really depends on how well I know the person. Okay. Right. So if I know the person really well, then I just really want to know like exactly what I'm getting and how much it costs and where do I sign up? And that would be, and that would be great if your audience is, is very like, they don't have a lot of time. So just give them, give them the basics so that they can buy. Right. Right. If, if, you know, if I don't know them, then I might want to look a little bit more. I want to see, and I've bought stuff off a sales page that I was only skimming, but I saw a testimonial from somebody I knew. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it really just depends on who your audience is. I think you would also agree that it depends on what your brand is. Right. If you're like short, straight, short, sweet to the point, right. then you're going to create a sales page that's short, sweet and to the point, because that's what your audience is used to see, getting from you. Right. right. So you want to make sure that whatever you're doing is on brand. You want to test it out and see what works. Right do a test for a couple of days as traffic is coming through to your website. And if people are converting more on the longer page, then go with the longer page, right? right. You right. want to test it out. And, and really sometimes it comes down to, to, you know, what is your own personal preference? Because your brand is always a reflection of you, right? Yeah. I always say I have your, your seven month old probably has about the exact same attention span I have. So if we're running through, like, if I'm looking through a whole sales page, I'm, I very likely will get bored and walked away and walk away. If I can't easily skim it and find what I want. Right. And that's a great medium for those of you who are like, well, I don't really know my audience. I'm all, sure Samantha, I'll do the AB test, but I don't really know my audience. If you're doing that, if you're doing the long page, make it skimmable because then at least I can go through and quickly skim stuff. Don't give me long paragraphs. I'm probably not going to read that. Give yeah. me bullet points. Yeah. I was just going to say that bullet points are your friend. Bolded text is your friend, you know? Um, so no, I, I agree. Um, and having the understanding that your brand is an extension of you. So if people like you because you're fun and you're silly and you're very conversational, then you want your sales page to be that because basically they're meeting you on your sales page if they haven't met you other other places. Um, so that's awesome. Listen, we could be here all day <laughs> talking about this, this subject matter. Um, so Samantha, as we land the plane here, what is um, the biggest mistake. I know that there are multiple mistakes that we can make um, that you see with the people that you work with, but what's the biggest mistake in your estimation that people make when setting out to market their online courses? The biggest mistake, uh, there's actually two big mistakes. And one I've already talked about is really figuring out how the course fits into your business so that it's generating leads for your other stuff, because then you can promote the course and know that you've got the systems in place in the back end, which you'll create, that will lead people from the course to your highest, higher ticket offerings. Right. The other mistake that I see made is that when the course outline is done, when you have the idea even for the course, get out there and start building authority. This isn't marketing the course, but it's getting your name out there, getting known for that one thing. And if you go onto my YouTube channel, I have a great video on how an Outlander star used his role in Outlander to like create a ton of different business opportunities. Get out there, get your name known for this, for whatever the course is going to be on, start building your audience, start nurturing that audience, start bringing them back so that when you launch, when you're ready to start marketing and launching and opening the doors, you have people there who love you, 
who no one trusts you and are, are just clamoring to give you their credit card to take the course. Awesome. 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 Ladies, I'm sure your pens are smoking right now from all the notes that you were taking during this conversation. Samantha, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Um, Ladies, I hope you feel more comfortable. I I hope you feel safer about embarking on this journey of releasing your courses. This is the year. This, I don't care if you're listening in 2029, this is the year (laughs) that you need to get it out. Don't worry about it being perfect. Get it out because where you are in terms of your expertise, you're still ahead of somebody else. So you have something that you can teach that other person. All right. So um, thank you guys so much, Samantha. Let us know how to connect with you, what you have available to us, how we can work with you, all of those things. Absolutely. I would love it. If everybody would head on over to my YouTube channel, I explain everything you need to know about creating and selling your online course in five minutes or less, which I know your audience will love because they're busy. So you can take a look at the channels. Of course, my name is Samantha King, but the URL is at Samantha King underscore S Y O C sell your online course. So just Samantha King underscore S Y O C and go on over there and connect. And there's lots of great things going on um, always in the authority Island world, whether it's my virtual summit, whether it is our membership program, or of course my authority Island course, which you can get for $67 head on over to sell your online course.com to get on my list. So you find out when any of that stuff is happening. Awesome. 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 Well, ladies, there you have it. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want you to get off of here and get to work. But before you do that, make sure you go over to Facebook and the female coaches, consultants, and content creators um, group. Join us in there. There'll be more content like this. Um, There are going to be some exclusive things that are not going to be on the podcast that will only be in the group for the F3C community. So make sure you head on over there and join me. I'll be over there. And we're going to have a great time. So thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week for another episode of the Brittany Smith podcast. Bye.